Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Just Friends. As always, I'm your host, Mitchell Embry, and this week is our second installment of our special midweek episodes, a little bit of extra material that was left over from our conversation with Mr. Chad Heiner. It's funny, you know, I was editing this episode immediately after I finished editing Jake's midweek episode, and I noticed some trends in the topics, and I think that has a lot to do with me. A little lesson I'm learning probably ought to not be as repetitive. But Chad's responses to my admittedly rambling philosophical thoughts are just as thoughtful and just as interesting as Jake's, but he has a little bit of a different perspective. So hopefully that perspective shines through and stays interesting for you guys. And if not, you can just blame that on me. So let's just get right to it and check out the second part of our conversation with our friend, Mr. Chad Heiner. I wonder if your dad would describe the way he feels a lot of the time is very similar to the way that you feel like very, very high attention to detail, um, perfectionist wanting to achieve a certain level, uh, or having a certain standard that you just want to meet and, and obsessively trying to achieve that standard. Yeah. And I I feel like that, I mean, it almost to a certain extent, you know, has to, to be that way. Cause you know, like, a lot of people make a big deal out of it and maybe it is like, I don't think much of it, but you know, when, when I'm telling people, you know, my dad is, is an engineer. I'm an an engineer technically, even Mm -hmm. though it's, it's iffy when it comes to, you know, the computer science, computer engineering, your high, your college degree is in exactly. And then, you know, Brad and Andy, both my brothers, they're both engineers. So I I think to a certain extent, you know, what you're good at, the way your mind works, I, I do think it obviously is a certain extent genetic, and, and even like my grandpa, you know, it isn't really like engineering, but he spent 40 years of his life, you know, as a mechanic on, on train engines. Yeah. And, and that's almost how much closer can you get to being an engineer than, than something like that, you know? So I, I think a lot, and, and that's, you know, that pulls both sides of my family in there. So I, I think a big part of it definitely is. So I guess in a sense, if you say that's the way I am, yeah. that that maybe is the case. Yeah, that's a simple way of saying your DNA comes from a line of men who are very interested in this a similar field. And also there's this new study of epigenetics, which are like these, are you familiar with it? No, I've never heard of it. <laughs> okay, it's like these markers that... You have all of these genes, and they're basically just four amino acids in strings that form a double helix that form strands of DNA. And different lengths of these strands are different genes. And these genes are expressed phenotypically, like how you look. But sometimes those genes can be turned off and turned on. And you have these this epigenetic structure that determines what genes are turned on and what genes are turned off based on the environment that you're in identical twins who are separated at birth will often be very, very similar in some traits, but very, very different in other traits. And it would suggest that some things are more strongly biological and some things are more strongly epigenetic, which is kind of determined by your experiences that you have. So it could be that both of those things were going on with you. And that's why you've ended up choosing a field that's so much similar to your, the other men in your family, you know, right. Right. Saying it's just the way that you are is actually true to something that I believe to be true. This is the point I want to make, mm-hmm. which, or actually, I don't know if I believe it to be true, but I'm mulling it around in my <laughs> mind. It's an argument by a, 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 a 
a public intellectual whose name is Sam Harris. Are you familiar with Sam Harris? He basically believes that free will is kind of a lie because humans are only capable of making the decisions that are offered to them, first of all. And that's one huge limit on your freedom. So you don't have perfectly free will. You can't just decide what you want to happen to you. You can only make the decisions that are available to you. And then, even furthermore, when you make those decisions, you're basing them on all of the things you've learned up to this point. And all of the things that you learned are very determined on who's in your life, where you are living, what's going on around you, where you are from. And even underneath that, there is a lot of stuff going on in our DNA. We are mammals. We are primates. We are... We evolved to live in tribes. So we have all these things underlying that are kind of controlling the decisions that we make. And he basically, he says it's all kind of deterministic. And then if you could write an algorithm or not so much write an algorithm, but basically our decisions are based on an algorithm. The steps in which you go through in order to come to your conclusion are based upon your genes and the lessons that you've learned in your life and the experiences that you've had in your life. And if you can perfectly recreate that, you can almost guess a decision that a person would make with a high degree of accuracy and therefore free will is fake. I don't know if I believe that, but he makes a good fucking argument for it. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I I, I get that. I I guess just an initial thought on that is, is it's almost to me like, our culture is almost the reason for a lot of that stuff though, right? Like if you think back, you know, like like free will would be, you know, like if you were just out roaming the land and that like like if you think back that far, however many years thousands of years ago that was, I mean, you you ha- had control over making any decision you wanted at yeah, that I'm point. And and now, I mean, to to that point, like you're probably gonna have to go to like one of two or three schools you're only going to be around the people that go to the, you know, you're in a class with at the, at the school you end up with. You have to deal with, you know, your parents are only going to let you do so much. But so I, I get that. So, I, I mean, may, maybe, but I also wonder if it's more of just how, you know, as like our human culture has come that we've almost kind of limited it ourselves, right? Like, because I can still decide like today if I don't want to eat or drink anything yeah. for three days and die. Or if I want to walk out and get hit by a car and die, some things like that. I mean, to me, that's still kind of a free will. So it's interesting to You're think right. about. You're right. You make a great point. But but that's just an initial thought. Like it, it almost to yeah. me seems like it's it's like a cultural thing where like we've kind of we've put limits on ourselves. But but kind of to expand on that is you know most things that we we put a limit on as humans or for the, the betterment of humans as a whole, right? Like like going to school. We, we force kids to go to school because we want our population to be educated and, you know, hope that with an educated population, we keep, you know, coming up with new things. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. I had never heard that before. Yeah, but you touch on a really important part of it, which is at the end of the day, you do have some options, and you do get to make some choices. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to take into consideration, like, 
what choices people get to have when you try to form an opinion about who they are. Like, really thinking, like, okay, this person is getting on my nerves, <laughs> but what are they de- What are they working with? Right. What have they learned up to this point? Who are their parents? Is this the best that they've got at this point? That's the type of point of view I try to take away from that. If I had been in that person's place with that person's genes... Right, would you be exactly the same way? And even if that's not necessarily a true explanation of what's going on, and you can't perfectly replicate humanity, or I guess can't perfectly predict what decision a human would make based upon their experiences. Right. Yeah, I... I get. I think I get where you're going with that. I mean, it it is hard. Like when you you think, and and I'm really bad about this with like road rage, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not that bad. I'm a lot better than I used to be. But I, I spend a lot of time in a car because I drive yeah. from Mount Washington all the way to downtown Louisville and back during rush hours, and and a lot of the times I think like, man, what that person did was really stupid, or why they just stop in the middle of the road, or whatever they may have done. And I'm really bad at like, I just immediately get mad. I'm like, that person's an idiot. Why they just do that? I don't ever think about the fact that like something may have come up. Somebody might have just called them and told them that their mom's in the hospital, or this or that. Something may have come up. And you know, I'm over here like, I want to pull this person out of their car and beat him in the middle of the road. Whereas like they may have a legitimate reason for doing what they did. And and it's kind of the same way, you know, like when we were in school growing up, there's a lot of kids that, you know, may have had like poor parents. And so they, they didn't have nice clothes. They didn't have nice things. And people make fun of them because of that. And, and a lot of that just really kind of sucks. And, and from that point of view, you know, like it almost is like a, like you can't choose your, your parents you can't choose if your parents have money or not and and things like that from that point of view it i mean i I can see where you could say that you don't have free will in that and it definitely affects your life the the person that you're trying to be yeah for sure what i was trying to say earlier but couldn't say it it just it uh, it allows me to to be more empathetic towards people right it helps me be more empathetic towards people right and that ultimately makes me helps me to make better decisions with how I interact with people and it helps me to just stay more to just to just choose to be a better person right yeah and I think that definitely is helpful with you being a teacher right now too because like and and I don't know like if this is true or not but some things that you know I always heard growing up like a lot of the kids who are bad in school they act out because they want attention they don't get it at home that's 100% it and and so it's it's cool that you're thinking about that like when you have students in in your class that you know like you can can think about those things for like is this person so bad because they want attention from someone even if it's me because their parents might never be at home or they might just live with their mom and their mom you know is on drugs all the time or this or that you know so it's it's good to think about those things especially when you're you know like in a career like teaching for sure i have to be aware of it and and i think about it and it's not a super easy thing to do. Yeah, I, I get that. It's it's hard. You know, like I mentioned earlier, the reason, you know, I chose to go to school for computer engineering was just the whole, I'm good at math and, and I started loving computers and it just kind of made sense. But I, there wasn't really that thing, you know, like I, I was like, I envision a lot of kids are, you know, as you, you like, I played sports. So obviously my initial thing was like, man, it would be awesome if I could be 
a professional athlete, right? And I, I played baseball so much that kind of became a thing, like, be so awesome. But, you know, you get, get to that point where, like, e- even, like, I, I was good, right? I was better than the average person to playing baseball, but I was not great. Mm-hmm. And, and the moment that became apparent to me is when I started playing traveling baseball. Mm-hmm. We had several people on my team that even when we were 12 years old, they were just better than me in every single part of baseball. It didn't matter. We'd travel, and we would just get it laid on us by teams from other other cities, other states, and you just start to see, like, these these kids are way better than me already. When we're 18, 20 years old, they're going to be even that much better. So then, you know, you start thinking about what you want to do, and that's just kind of what I landed with. And if I go back to that whole, like, I, I don't want to fail at something, you know, I I kind of got through speed school with that mentality. And then I, I lucked into the job that I have because Brad worked at LG&E when I was looking for a co-op. I was like, hey, Brad, can you see if they have anything open? And they did. Once I started working there, my foot was in the door. It was pretty straightforward. And, and I, I assume I still had a good interview for the job I have full time now, but it was just easier because I was already there. I already worked for the company. And now I feel like I'm I'm good at my job and I don't hate going. I mean, there's some days where my alarm goes off at six. I feel like crap and I'm like, man, I really don't want to go to work today. But I don't think it would matter what I was doing. I think I would still feel that way because I might not have slept good last night, might not have gotten good sleep. But so, you know, I'm, I'm good at my job. And so... You know, I, sight, I feel like dude. I'm still going to go do it. That's right. But, but I, I could still see where you're talking about, too, is, you know, like, if you're capable of getting a master's degree in something, you're obviously intelligent enough to be able to learn to do something else, too. And so then it, it does make you think, like, what if I were to do something else? You know, would I enjoy it more? Could I potentially make more money doing it, if that matters to you? It, I mean, it, it's definitely a big thing. And, you know, I don't think about it as much now after having Easton because, you know, Samantha's been able to work part-time so that we don't have to do daycare. And so that that's a huge bonus. We don't have to worry about other people watching our baby. She gets to spend more time with him. But it does limit my, like, like you ha- we're talking about how you have the freedom to, if you want to switch now, you can. I kind of don't now. But that doesn't mean that I want want to switch, but but I don't really have that now. Well, let me ask you, Chad. Is it is it perfectly honest to say that you haven't switched because you are a dad now? That's a hundred percent it now. I, I I'm at the point where even if I felt like I might be able to find a job where I'd get paid a little more money, that would be awesome, right? Having more money is always a good thing. You can buy more stuff. You can, you know, be more secure. Exactly. So and and that that would be awesome. But I haven't because I feel like I'm so grounded at LG&E, and everyone's always going to need power. So they're not going to go anywhere and i feel really secure at my job you know if if i wanted to hop over to some company that just started 2 years ago they might pay me you know another 20 grand a year or whatever it is and that would be awesome but they might tank 2 years from now and now i'm like well crap what am i going to do if i have to go 2 or 3 months without a job that really sucks you know what if we can't pay our bills so yeah at this point i definitely would say that's 100% for sure but i also don't know if if even even if that weren't the case i don't know if i'd be 
wanting to switch just because... Well, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. You have switched. Your last big project was getting a career as a computer engineer. Right. You did that. Right. You learned everything you needed to know to be good at that. You do it well. You could either choose to do something different now and have another big project, and you have. Yeah, that's true. It You're going to be a dad now. Definitely a project. That's You're a good way to put it. Now. And you have to learn how to be good at it. <laughs> Absolutely. The same exact way you've learned how to be good at everything else. I think you're going to be a kick-ass dad. Yeah. Well, and you were talking earlier about how like fortunate you feel with Sarah. You know, like I've always felt fortunate with Samantha, but it's it's even more apparent with Easton. I mean, like, and, and I, I imagine it's like this for most mothers, you know, like I, I feel like they definitely have like the natural instinct edge. It just seems like when, cause it's always going to change. Like taking care of Easton today versus when he was two weeks old, not even remotely close to the same. Yeah. It's always changing. So it, I'm a creature of habit. So like, I like to get in the flow of like, I know how to do what I need to do that's coming up. That's not the case with parenting at all. What we're doing with Easton this coming week will be totally different than what we're doing with him next month. And Samantha just is, it's like her reaction is like perfect. It's like, it seems like at least to me, she's always making the good, right decision. Something will happen. I'm like, I don't know what to do. She's like, me neither. Let's try this. And then it works and it blows my mind. So like, I feel even more fortunate than I already did after having Easton because I I don't, I, I know for sure that I wouldn't be as good of a parent if it wasn't for her help, but I don't even know if I'd be a good parent at all <laughs> because I don't know, like when you run into those things where like, I don't know what to do right now. Like if for some reason, like he slept great for a week straight and now he won't tonight. Why? You know? So it's like, in my mind, it, it's just like, Oh my God, this baby has to stop crying. <laughs> in her mind, it's like, maybe his stomach hurts. Maybe he's hungry. Maybe his diaper needs changed. So she starts trying all these things and I'm still sitting here like, God, I wish he would just quit crying. <laughs> and, and so it's, it really like, I feel really fortunate, you know, that, that she's my partner to raise kids because I know I wouldn't do nearly as good of a job otherwise. And I don't even know if I could do it at all by myself. How much research did you do beforehand? <laughs> so personally, you, how much did you personally So I do? definitely should have done more. I, I did. She did a lot though, didn't she? She did a whole lot. So like her. she, she bought a lot of books. She bought me a book and, and I did read a lot of it. I didn't read all of it. I should have because it was really cool information. And, and I, it's, I did, I didn't, not do anything. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. That came off like I was. No, I know. I was just but, trying to say like... But but y- your point's right. It's like you were talking about earlier is you you need to prepare to be good at stuff. Yeah. And and I definitely think she, she prepared more than me. She was so... Not that I wasn't excited to be a dad, but she... I think she was born to be a mother. Yeah. Just like I feel like her mom and my mom, their goal in life was to be a grandma. And they're such awesome grandmas. They spoil the crap out of Easton. That's going to come back to bite me one day because I'm going to be the mean one that says no. But but they're awesome grandparents. And Samantha's an awesome mom, and she definitely put more into it up front than I did. But I think even if I put as much into it up front as she did, I think she she just has those natural instincts that that I don't. Yeah. And and so I'm. It's I don't know how people raise kids on their own, man. I really don't. <laughs> I don't want to talk shit, but it's hard to do. It's hard to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 got to be a really a difficult job. It's I think it's a difficult job to raise a kid with two parents. I think it's Absolutely. a difficult job to raise a kid. 
I feel a lot of responsibility for my nephew, not nearly as direct as like being responsible for his daily survival. Right. As a parent would be. (laughs) But in terms of like being a certain type of influence on him and encouraging him to be thoughtful and kind in the same way that other people are, but just like things that I value, just wanting to try to like help instill some of those similar values in him. Right. And, also just knowing how challenging raising a child is and just wanting to help invest. Yeah, it, it's a huge help. I mean, Brad and Andy don't, I mean, they're, they're awkward like me, so I get it. <laughs> I didn't want to be anywhere near baby before having Easton. And even initially, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So it was weird. But but Katie and Brooke help a whole lot. And, and you know, when, when we are together, like with Samantha's family, it, it is a humongous help. Like, it really is that just, like, we can have a couple hours to enjoy family time, and we don't have to be watching Easton every second. So it is it is nice to have those, you know, that help, because sometimes you just need it. And, and the other thing you were saying, like we were talking about earlier with kids, you know, if you can be a good influence, that's awesome. Because you're, we were talking about how experiences definitely have an effect on how you turn out, you know, later in life. The more people he has that's a positive influence on him, you know, I think the better he'll be once he's an adult. Absolutely. And you kind of have a similar privilege that my <laughs> sister has. You have two siblings one on your side and one on her side that have dedicated we're not having kids right so they're going to invest in your kids oh absolutely they are they they love like like katie loves kids loves them she just doesn't want her own and Kristen is the same way it's hilarious how much fun she has when she's around easton but she's like no i don't want the responsibility But so it that that's awesome too because they all buy so much stuff for Easton, as was evidence at his first birthday party <laughs> that we don't have to buy that much stuff. We still do. Samantha goes crazy with it. She yeah. she went wild on Black Friday for you know Easton's like last year was his first technically his first Christmas. This is first. He was a month old. He couldn't do anything but sit there and maybe give you a smirk and then go back to sleep. So, I mean, I, I get it. We bought him a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff we don't have to buy him because we have help. Other people are buying him toys and helping buy him outfits and clothes and stuff that, you know, we don't have to worry about. It's really nice. That's right. One of the things that we're trying to do for my nephew, uh, I don't, I don't know if I should mention it. I feel weird mentioning <laughs> it. It, it. I'll talk about it. I'm doing it, so fuck it. Why not? <laughs> I'm going to open a savings account for him and oh, yeah. I'm going to put some money in every Christmas and every birthday. Right. I'm probably not going to get him much else. <laughs> Chris, when I, when I talked to Chris Berry about my nephew, he said I would probably not be the cool uncle. <laughs> and I think I'm okay with that, honestly. But I want to try to help secure him a future because I think things just are going to get harder. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely are. I mean, just... just today you know it we've been out of college for you know almost 10 years you have and well, <laughs> that's true but but i mean j- just tuition since then i mean i thought it was crazy when i was there and you know it's it still goes up three or four hundred dollars per semester each year like it, it raises that much so you know another 18 years go by i mean it, it's gonna cost probably almost three times as much 
per semester as it does right now. And it was expensive for us. So it's like, man, that's insane. Where's that money going to come from? And it's really cool that you're, that, uh, that you're thinking about doing that. And that reminded me. So my, my uncle, my mom's brother, Dennis, he actually, and I've totally dropped the ball on this. When Easton was born, he gave us like all these papers about how to open like a college fund and even gave us, I don't remember how much money it was, but an initial deposit and was like, you all can start this for Easton. So if he wants to go to college, it, it basically grows, you know, like a 401k, right? It, you invest it in the stock market. And I, I haven't even done that yet. I suck. And and what remind, I totally forgot just the overwhelmingness of becoming a parent is he gave us more money to put into it for Easton's first birthday. And I was like, dang, I haven't even started it. And the cool thing about that one, I, I don't know the details. Cause like I said, I really have sucked on this one. Haven't even looked at it, but apparently it's one where like, even if he doesn't want to go to college and wants to do like a trade or something else, oh, nice. They, there are circumstances. You probably have to pay some kind of penalty or some, some crap like that, but you can still utilize it and you still benefit from the growth of it over, you know, the 18 years. Mm-hmm. or however long it is that's nice i imagine it would be any any education i don't know if i want to do that i don't want to pigeonhole the money to have to be used for college right. because i honestly think maybe if i had pursued what i really sh- wanted to pursue mm-hmm. i might not even need to go to college <laughs> i would have just had to been more up on this shit right before i would just had to known that podcasting was going to be a thing but that how the fuck was i supposed to know that right no, but yeah, I don't want to necessarily pigeonhole him into having to go to college because I don't know. I just don't know what the future is going to look like. Right. I don't have a clue. <laughs> if that freaks me out probably more than anything else is the uncertainty and how fast everything changes. Yep. And it's hard to have a plan. I, I like to have a plan. I Me too. That's what I, I mentioned. You know, I'm like a, a routine guy. I don't like change that much. And, and that's going to be hard for me. You know, I'm probably gonna have to work at least 30 more years you know to reach retirement age and working in you know a a computer related field you know like my my job you know i i write software and and support it and i can't even imagine what it's going to be like in 30 years plus i'm going to be getting old by then my brain's not going to be what it is now you know like it, it does worry me to a certain extent. Like, am I going to be able to keep up? You know, like, I'm going to have to learn these new things. Will I be able to? Will I want to? Will I be as good at them as I am at what I'm doing now? I mean, it, it's definitely a concern. I mean, I feel like to a certain extent, almost everybody has to be a little concerned with the future. I mean, you just don't know. And, and you know, trying to plan for retirement, you know, will I have enough to be able to retire when I want? Will I have enough to ever be able to retire? So it, it really kind of sucks. <laughs> I think I may have given up on that ever. I don't know. It it It's a frightening thing to think about. I think you think about it a lot more than I think about. You know who else? This is, this is one of those times where we need to have more mics because we need Matt Smith on here. You and him could have a great conversation about uh, investing in like retirement, but it's probably not something I think about enough. But if y'all ever want to do like an investing in retirement podcast, <laughs> holler at me. I'll help set y'all up. I'd be cool with that. I don't know that much about it, honestly. Yeah. I just, it freaks me out. So like I do what I can with very little knowledge yeah. to try to 
You know, because it, cause it's hard, and that comes back to the whole, like, decision-making thing where I don't want to make the wrong decision. And so right now I'm kind of in that that safe fund where, like, I know it's always going to grow. It's never going to go down. But I'm never going to have that overnight, it just jumped 20%, now I'm a millionaire thing. So... I think that's the opposite of what you're supposed to be in now because you're young. Right. So you're supposed that, to be really risky that's now. That's exactly it. And and I can't bring myself to do it because it's like I'm going to put it in here. The day after I do that, it's going to drop 10%. I'm going to freak out, switch it back, and I just lost 10% of what I already have. And and I, I just I feel like I'll make some bad impulse decisions. Oh, I, thought, I think you're supposed to set it and forget it, Chad. I, that, that's right. <laughs> and and I, I don't know why, but it, it just I think about it a lot. And I probably shouldn't. Maybe that means that I don't like going to work. That's but, an OCD thing again. But I, that's probably <laughs> what it is more than anything. Is it's one of those things that just lingers in my mind, and and I don't think about it all the time. I don't think about it every day. But when I do think about it, it just eats me up. Like at least half of that day, and I'm like, man, today I need to do some more research, and I will, and then I still won't make a decision because <laughs> it freaks me out you know so it's it's a hard thing and and it really is just an unknown you can read what all the experts say about it and everything but they're just making an educated guess based on you know some studying they've done for four or five years which is better than my guess don't get me wrong but it doesn't mean that they're not going to be wrong either i mean there's no way to know what's going to happen 30 years from now yeah, absolutely it's right it's uncertain it's crazy to even think i mean the dollar yeah exactly if you really think about the history of the world, the dollar's really only been banging for about a hundred and uh, maybe two hundred years, you know, like for real. Like, I mean, it's existed for a while, but I mean, like, really, the powerhouse of currency, I mean, not super long time. Is that going to stay true? I don't, I'm not trying to bring up or dredge up any like thing for anybody to worry about but right but you no just i don't mean you're, you're right because i mean even like like just our grandparents i mean i agree that this was you know anywhere from 50 to 80 years ago however long but like cars were, were just a new thing then and, and gas was like i i don't know it was probably like 10 15 20 cents a gallon and now we're lucky if it's if it's two something right so I mean, everything changes, and and it seems like the price of everything goes up every year. It's it's never stays the same, and and usually not only does it go up, but it goes up by more than it went up the year before. So it's it's never going to stop, and and that's what really sucks is I'm I'm trying to make retirement for thirty years from now based on what I'm making today, but what I'm making today might not be Jack Diddley. 30 years from now so if i'm saving 10 percent of what i'm making that's awesome right now but 10 percent of what i make right now in 30 years i might not be able to buy toilet paper you know like it's you just don't know you know one thing that's changing that i'm really looking forward to so we can get off of this doom and gloom bullshit (laughs) i'm really looking forward to self-driving cars oh yeah i'm stoked about it i I, some people think it's crazy my my mom doesn't particularly like to hear me talk about how excited i am about it but i and i bet you could probably relate to this too because you have a long commute yep and it sucks i don't have a super long commute but i don't like driving driving stresses (laughs) me out right if i had a long commute i would be very stressed out um, and I just like the idea of being able to be productive while I'm being chauffeured well, that, around by my robot car. That's what I was going to say. One thing that I, I would really love is, I mean, I could definitely be productive 
if I had to be in the morning and the afternoon, and I would gain almost an extra hour and a half of work or whatever it is I wanted to do, you know, read or whatever. But it would be really nice in the morning if I could just wake up, hop in my car and freaking just keep sleeping for another 40, 45 minutes. That would be awesome. (laughs) Or if I needed to get something done, I could go ahead and start working before I'm even at work. And that would be awesome too. Do you clock in and out? I don't, so I don't have to. You could probably call that time. Yeah, no, for sure. And as long as I'm getting my work done, it would be awesome. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. You could get paid to drive in, get paid to drive out, and take that that hour and a half and get home and spend it with your family. Yep, it would be really nice. And, And yeah, like you were talking about getting stressed out, I've gotten a lot better with it, but when there's a wreck or something and it takes me over an hour one way to or from work, I lose my mind, man. I, I can't stand it. And when you're sitting in that bumper-to-bumper traffic that's not moving, that's when people do the dumbest stuff you've ever seen in a car, and it just makes you even more mad, gets you more stressed out. And, and I mean, there's days like that where I encounter that in the morning. By the time I get to work, I'm, I'm useless for an hour. I'm so mad and on edge I can't focus, so I don't even try to work on something because I know that I'm not going to be fully invested in it, and it's going to be terrible, whatever I do, because I'm, I'm, you know, stressed out and upset. That it, it just so not only you know, like you were saying, I could could get stuff done on the commute. I'm also worthless for the first thirty minutes an hour I'm at work after a bad commute because I need to unwind. You know, <laughs> it's, how do you do it? How do you unwind? I mean, usually, you know, I'll I'll get coffee, which I normally do anyways, but then I'll kind of just go through and make sure that like I've got like my to-do list up to date and everything. Just some of the more like things I still need to do, but it's not like I'm in the middle of writing like a program or something that, you know, is needs to work correctly. It's more to like I'll organize some things like that that are a lot less stressful and make sure that, you know, it's things I'd be doing anyways, but don't require 100% you know, of my attention. Something that I've tried to do recently, I don't do it enough, but I will suggest it to you because I've benefited from it on the few times that I've done it and you might benefit from it. I meditate. I have the Headspace app. I got it for free because I'm a teacher. And you could... The app is nice because it's guided and it helps you think, but I could explain to you my process now and I can do it without the app now. I sit down with my feet on the floor. I get comfortable. Usually I sit on my hands. That's a weird thing that I like to do, but they say put your hands in your lap. I like to sit on my hands. Um, And then I take a few deep breaths and you know all that tension, try to let that tension melt away. And then they say, scan your body, like from head to toe, and just notice what's feeling weird, like that tension. Like if you scan and you notice there's tension, let go of that tension. If you've got a little itch, either choose to scratch it or like just identify that it's there and then say, okay, I know that's there, so I'm not going to pay any more attention to that. Um, anytime I think about that, I'm going to stop thinking about it immediately because it's not important. And... Then once you're settled in and you kind of feel like you feel comfortable in the area, the space, you know, nothing's going to surprise you in the space and, and take you out and distract you from your train of thought. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to just, nothing on your body is going to distract you from your train of thought. Every, every, you've identified everything that could be a distraction as best as you can. Right. Then you focus on your breath and you just think about your breathing. Mm-hmm. 
and that you might be able to do that for five seconds. You might be able to do it for five minutes. I can usually only do it for about a third of a second before I realize I'm thinking about something else. But the moment I realize I'm thinking about something else, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm thinking about something else. And I focus back on my breathing. And the goal is to try to have ten, five, one, actually, honestly, the goal for me is like to have one, but ultimately five, 10, 15, maybe even 20, 30 minutes if you practice really every day where you're very, very focused on your breathing. And it's just like running. Like you make yourself run. You don't want to do it. It sucks. It's hard, but you make yourself do it. You make yourself focus and you make yourself release how you're like all the tension and the stress. And for me in the mornings when I'm really anxious about going into a work day, (laughs) because like I, maybe I have a big lesson planned and right. Or maybe I know my lesson is not as engaging as I would want it to be. And I know I just need to settle in and, and be conscious about how I choose to interact with throughout this whole situation. And I do a better job of it on days when I've meditated. I feel more calm. Yeah, time. I, I, I feel less rushed. Right. I was just to say, I, I think like that, that whole thing you're getting on, you know, I've, it, it seems like the whole mindfulness things like really becoming a big thing. And, and, you know, what, where I've seen and heard about it is with, you know, like the, the whole thing with anxiety and suicide and depression and all that, just, it just seems like it's been going up and it's never, never slowing down. And, and I, at least for me, you know, I've always been interested in like, why, like, it seems so simple, but like you're saying, it's so hard to do. And, and I think that that's kind of the whole point. Like that's, that's why so many people are depressed and have anxiety now. Like from, from the, the age we start school, everything's fast. You're expected to do so much in such little time. And as you get older, it gets worse. So by the time you're an adult, the amount of things you need to get done in one day is insane especially if you don't have help. So your brain is just always going a thousand miles an hour. And, and so even when you do get to sit down and you're not doing something, it's still going a thousand miles an hour thinking about all the stuff like you're saying the, the next day. Like, like you really don't, and, and it is good to a certain extent to think about the, the next day, the next week, so you can plan ahead. But it almost like overwhelms you because you can't stop thinking about it. Your brain's going so fast. And, and for, yeah, and for me, like the mindfulness thing is you are slowing your brain down. Yeah. That's really what it is. So that you can be intentional. It, exactly. So like one of the things that I'll notice is like I'll be worrying about something I need to do. Or on a day that I'll meditate, I'll just go do it. Right. <laughs> but I, I think part of it too is, you know, like once you start getting like anxious about something and, and this was really bad for me in school when I had to like do a presentation or something, it would eat me up that the night before I wouldn't sleep good that whole day until I got it over with. It would eat me up. But I, I think like it, if you're able to do this where you can slow your mind down, like your brain works better, right? Like you calm down, you relax, you can think things out. Like this is going to suck or maybe be a bad situation, but then you can think about 
a, a good way or at least the best way to handle it as opposed to, you know, your wheels just won't quit spinning. And when that's happening, you obviously can't think clearly. You're not going to be able to think of a good way to handle it. It's going to make the whole thing worse. And, and, and then you're thinking about that and then it just made it even worse in your mind. So I, and I don't know if that's exactly it, but like when I started seeing that and hearing about it, I was like, you know, that does kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. I, tr- I dabble in it. I, as in most things in my life, I'm not nearly as disciplined as I should be. Um, but I have noticed that it does actually, it does help. You just touched on something interesting that I'm curious about. And we talked about it earlier. You're shy. Yeah. You always have been a little bit. Yep. Why do you think, what do you think it is? I I don't know. And, and I, I don't, I know the easy answer is to go back and say it's, how, you know, who I am. Um, and, and that, that really might be true. I don't know, but I always have been as far back as I can remember. I hate, hate having to talk in front of people. I've hated it my whole life. It was awful in school. Like I was saying a few minutes ago, I mean, if I had to present a project by myself, especially like group projects are a little better. I still get nervous, but it's helpful when I have someone up there with me. I'm not on my own. But I would get to the point sometimes, especially in like elementary and middle school when I was real young, like I would literally start shaking. I would be so nervous. I mean, I would be super prepared. I, I, I would know that my project's good. I put a lot of effort into it, but I'm horrified, right? Like I put time and effort into this, but I'm going to give a terrible presentation, get a bad grade because of it. And I'd be horrified. I would start shaking. I'd get up there. You know, you can't even talk right. And you know, it, it was all, it's always been hard for me. I even still have that, you know, I'll, I'll have a meeting at work with people that I work with every day that are in my group at work and I'm supposed to show them something. There's absolutely no reason for me to be nervous. I'd work with these people every day. I know exactly what I'm getting ready to talk to them about. And I'll still get a little nervous. It makes no sense. I'll even sit there and like, why am I nervous right now? This is just stupid, but I'm still nervous. And I did the same thing at your wedding with the best man speech. You know, I, I, I feel like I didn't, not that I didn't enjoy your wedding. It was an absolute blast, but I feel like I could have enjoyed it even more if I wasn't kind of psyching myself out. Like I knew what I wanted to say. I thought it was going to be great. I think it turned out great, but, but up until that point at the wedding, it was just like, I was enjoying the wedding, but every few minutes I'm like, man, I'm so nervous about the speech. Then I'd enjoy the wedding for a few minutes, man, I'm so nervous about the speech. And you know, like as hard as I'd try and it would go in and out of my mind, I just couldn't fully flush it out. But as soon as the speech is over, I'm like, that was great. Why was I so nervous? That was like so dumb. Why was it eating me up? And, and you know, I, I, I really don't know. And, and it is really annoying. I wish I could pinpoint something. I definitely can say it's gotten a lot better than when I was young. I mean, it just just through grade school, you know, elementary through the end of high school, it got way better. But I, I mean, I still still have it to a certain extent. I, I hate talking in front of people, and and part of it too might be that I don't like to sound like an idiot because you know I I don't like talking about stuff if I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and and yeah, so I mean, I and I I guess another thing is I'm just not good at like like you know coming up with bull crap on the spot. So wow. uh, if I run out of things to say and come to just like an awkward pause, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what to say. And yeah. then you have that awkward silence. Plus I'm awkward too. So I don't know if that psychs me out a little too. And, and I think that's part of the reason I've gotten better because I, I realize that I'm, I'm more awkward than your average person. 
And and I don't really care as much now. I know I'm going to be awkward and I'm okay with that. So I, I think that realizing that is, is part of what's helped me get better. And then, of course, just the same old, like, the more you do something you know, the more comfortable you become with it. So that that's helped too. But, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird. It's always been something that just annoys me because I don't know why I'm so nervous about, you know, some of these things, but I still get nervous about it. Well, you never, you were nervous coming into this, I imagine. <laughs> I was, yeah. I, I mean, the, and it was kind of like what I was just talking about, you know, trying to, you know, think of some things to, to say so that you didn't have to come up with the whole thing on your own. And, and it was like, you know, like, we could talk about this, but, you know, what if people don't want to hear about this and it sucks or it's boring? It, it was just that same thing. I, I, I think I get in my head and, and overthink things. Part of it's probably my OCD thing where, you know, once I start thinking about something, it just, I can't get rid of it. I think you're a it, huge but... giver. <laughs> I think you're just a big time giver. You want to give me exactly what I want. And you're worried that you're not going to. Uh, what, but you fucking have done an amazing <laughs> job just so you know you've done an amazing job <laughs> the reason i brought that up is because people who are listening to this who know you as shy are gonna see you as i know you which is a, who is you're a very chatty person you know and that's really interesting to bring that up too just from like when we first met like like you were one of the first people that i wasn't really shy around really, really ever even from the start which is weird for me because even like some of the other really good friends I have, I always had like that that awkward moment, you know, like for a few months or however long it might have been, where I kind of got into that, like I can actually be me around them. Because I mean, you know, in middle school, when I was at school versus when I was at home, you, you wouldn't even think I was the same person. Mm-hmm. If some of those teachers from Stewart saw <laughs> me at home, they'd be like, "There's no way that that's Chad Hunter. There's <laughs> there's absolutely no way." I mean, I would be absolutely insanely wild at home and at school. I mean, I could go a whole day and not say a single word to somebody sometimes. So, it yeah, it's that that's just something that just came to my mind. It was you know maybe that's part of it too. Is just I mean and and that's it. Like when with your friends, like they're your friends because you can be comfortable around them. They know exactly who you are when you're being yourself and they still like you yeah that's really it at the end of the day they don't like when the true you comes out they don't hate it so right (laughs) yeah and that's what's so cool about our friendships we've all been friends for a long time Mm -hmm. you probably don't feel that as much with everybody else's maybe with me yeah, but, but no, but TJ, we went to middle school that, with TJ. That's what I was going to say. You know, and, I, I brought, brought that up as something we could talk about. And and after I said that, I got to thinking, you know, I've known TJ and Dave as long as I've known you. We just weren't necessarily friends like at that point, And we definitely weren't as good of friends as me and you were. And so I got to think about this like, well, that's true. And then I don't remember exactly when I, I knew of Ben Edwards, but I knew who he was when we were still pretty young because I knew TJ. And obviously we weren't friends and didn't hang out or anything, but so I've actually known, and I even knew who Casey was because we went to Stone Street together. Yeah. We were never in the same class, so I didn't know him, but I knew who he was. So, I mean, when, when you think back, I have known mm-hmm. a lot of you guys for a really long time. I, I guess... The, the thing that gets me more than anything about feeling like the new guy might not even be that I, I'm i kind of the newest person to the group because I kind of joined into to the group we have now. Like once we were in college, I think it's more my personality than anything. So like, 
I guess to try to elaborate on that, like when we're hanging out, like when we went to your bachelor party, our group of friends can can get wild, and not not in a bad way, because it's it's a blast. It's so much fun and it's hilarious. But there's so many things that every single person in our group of friends would do, and I would be the one person that. I'd be like, I can't do that. That's not They're me. They're huge personalities. They are, yes. They just, they are all out. They just go crazy. And, and I, that's just not me. I can't do it. And, and, you know, I still have fun. Like at your bachelor party, I had so much fun and I was not nearly, I wasn't even half as wild as, as the next least wild person, but I still had a blast because I think it's hilarious. It's so much fun watching all of us be that way, but because I, I'm not really like that. I, I guess maybe sometimes it does make me feel like I'm kind of the one person here that's not, you know, part of what's going on right this second. But at the same time, I'm still enjoying it because I think it's absolutely hilarious. Watching TJ and Drew do their chug-offs mm-hmm. was absolutely amazing. <laughs> You're still part of it because in a lot of ways, they're doing it for you. Right. They're doing it for everybody. They're entertaining us. They're trying to be entertaining and they're trying to entertain you. Um and you may not know this, but you made a lifelong friend at my bachelor party. Really? My brother-in-law loves you, man. <laughs> y'all talked, and y'all did, y'all hung out the whole time. He's also, you share that baseball. I, I think that's the biggest thing. And not only that, but he loves the Cardinals, which is yeah. a huge, hilarious coincidence. So, yeah, I mean, we that that's pretty much what we talked about the whole time. You know, like, I could talk about baseball for so long because I've loved it since I started playing t-ball. And it, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's all I did growing up. I mean, that was it. I went to school and then I, I practiced and played baseball. And then, you know, the, the very little times throughout the year that baseball wasn't going on, that's when I hung out with, with people like you. And I think that's a big thing that happened in high school was baseball was definitely a year-round thing in high school. If we weren't practicing or playing, we were conditioning. If we weren't doing that, we were doing fundraising and stuff like that for it. So, I mean, it, it, it was... All I did growing up, I mean, for from the time I was, I think I was four or five when I started T-ball till I was 18, you know, so it's a lot of years. I can talk about it forever. The fact that I played with Adam Duvall and he's in the pros and I can tell people about that, you know, he loved that story. So, I mean, it's, I could talk all day about it. Yeah. So it definitely helps that we have that connection. And I know all of you, like everybody else played sports too, but most of you guys played football yeah. and I don't really have that. Like, I can't talk that much about football. Mm-hmm. I didn't really become a fan of football till like late high school, early college. So I can really only talk about like, I've liked the Steelers since then. Don't even really know why I started liking them. They were a good team then. And I liked the way they played, you know, they ran the ball and really physical football. But like, I can't talk about that as much as I can baseball. And Jared's probably the same way. So maybe that's, you know, a big, a big part of it. Well, I think Jared's a super likable guy. One, uh, He's just easy guy like, yeah. uh, but coming into that, I'm pretty sure I know he was confident that that he was gonna have fun, but he was kind of the outsider. You know, I didn't even think about that either. It's but really he funny. was a little bit coming in, right? Um, and I knew that he was gonna have no problem fitting in, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. But I think the easiness of it was exciting. And I think I had a blast on my bachelor party. I think a lot of people had a really fun time oh, for at sure. the bachelor party. Um, I'd be surprised if there was anybody who didn't. That was one of the most fun weekends I've had. It was a lot of fun, for sure. 
well, hey, dude, I know you wanted to try to get out of here around like 6.30. Yeah. It's like 6.11, so oh, you want to awesome. try to wrap it up? Yeah, whenever, man. Well, dude, I know you were <laughs> nervous coming into this, but you kicked ass. <laughs> we might have to do a second outro after this. Right. Because I might need to, because I think there might be two podcasts here for sure. Right. We've got... <clears throat> Two hours and 30 minutes. Man, it has not felt that long. I know. I've been watching this like it slowly got dark, yeah. and now it's pitch black. Yeah. So, like, I knew it had been a while, but it's it went by pretty fast. Yeah, it's fast. It's kind of crazy. So, uh, thank you so much for coming over and doing this, man. It was super fun. Yeah, no, fun. It, was, it was fun. I was looking forward to it. That's what... It, it's like I was saying earlier. It's so weird that like I get kind of psyched up about things and get nervous, and I'm literally like, "This is going to be fun." Like, yeah. why am I nervous about it? And then as soon as we sat down and started talking, I'm not nervous at all, and it, you know, it's it's just like, well, that was stupid. Why was I nervous about it? Especially since we have so many things that not only we did talk about, but that we could talk about. So, Which is why we got to do this yeah. again, bro. <laughs> so, I think maybe. I'll probably reach out maybe in February. Yeah. See if you want to do something That'd like this. That'd be awesome. Again. Especially if you start getting it, you know, where we can have multiple I'm gonna work on multiple it. people I, going. That'll definitely be cool. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. See ya. Love you. You too. <laughs> Bye, dude. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it wasn't too repetitive from last week. And what I really hope is after listening to this, you feel like you know Chad better than you did before because he is an awesome guy, and I feel privileged to get to showcase how cool of a best friend I have. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review. That always really helps. If you're not already a member of the Facebook community or the Instagram community, please reach out. It's Just Friends Podcast. And the Facebook group is Just Friends Podcast Community, where you can get exclusive material that's not available anywhere else. And please feel free to invite people to join those communities. I want to share this podcast with anybody who's interested in listening. And I can't do that all on my own. I need help. So if you guys are listening and you appreciate what you're hearing, share the Facebook page, share the Instagram page. Uh, Just share the website. I got a Linktree link on the Facebook page that you can share to anybody and it gives them access to listen to the podcast on any platform that they like using. So let's build this community together and see how awesome we can make it. I really appreciate it, guys. I love you all. I hope you have a fantastic day. Bye.